Hi, this is Casey, one of the My First Year Story podcast producers. A quick show note that if you want to learn more and engage with the services offered by the Academic Achievement Center, you can visit their website at achieve.uconn.edu. Enjoy the episode. Hi, my name is Tommaso, your first year student host for the My First Year Story podcast. Here I'll be sitting down with people who have the answers to your college questions and who can help me survive my first year as a University of Connecticut student by telling their own first year stories during our conversations. Being the first holds a special kind of responsibility, just as exciting as it can be to be the first person to tell someone good news or succeed in a certain aspect. It can be just as disheartening to be the first to deliver bad news or fail in a different aspect. Being a first year student is a balancing act between goods and bad firsts. For example, I've been having a great time on campus, but my classes are all online. So uh, I'll take the good and the bad. Luckily enough, UConn has an abundance of resources to help celebrate those exhilarating firsts and help me achieve the scarier ones. I have with me today Destiny Cruz, who works at the Academic Achievement Center. One such resource which helps first-year students and others work to achieve their goals through their time at UConn using a variety of approaches. How are you doing today, Destiny? I'm doing great on this beautiful day. How are you? I can't complain either. (laughs) Um, So as we get started, if you could just give me uh, your name, pronouns, your hometown, your major, and uh, what's your favorite place to eat on campus? Okay, cool. So my name is Destiny Cruz. I go by she, her, and hers. Um, My major is Allied Health Sciences, and I minor in psychology. I'm currently a senior. Exciting, but sad. Um, and my favorite place to eat on campus, I think if we're going to go like kind of on, kind of off, I live in Stir Center. Um, I really, really love Eat Joy. I'm not sure if you've ever been there. Yes, I just went over for the first day. I had some poke. I was missing it. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. I love shrimp, so that's what I get there. Of course, yeah. I'm I'm partial to the spicy tuna myself, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's great. And so since you're from Connecticut, what was it like meeting and working with other students from across the country and the world, like your first year? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. It was a huge culture shock just to look around and see so many different people other than like where I come from with sitting right next to me. Um, I think in terms of like, even just meeting people like my friends freshman year, the way they the way they dress, the way they said certain things. Like my roommates from um, Massachusetts, she calls a water fountain a bubbler, and I've never heard of that in my entire life. Um, so things like that. I mean, I um, will never forget when I was a mentor. There was students from California who'd come in dressed in like puffy jackets and sweatpants and jeans when it was still August, and I was like, oh my god, I'm sweating right now. Like, how are they doing this? Yeah. But you know. It just, it comes a lot from their background and being in California where it's hot and sunny and probably Connecticut is cold to them all the time. Um, So I think it was definitely different, especially with UConn being so diverse and people coming from all over the world. Just to see that in front of me was a huge culture shock, but I enjoyed getting to know people for their different cultures and different, um, you know, habits. So it was definitely cool, but also kind of scary at the same time to like make sure that you're aware of everybody's different backgrounds and, um, just that you're being like culturally competent all the time. <laughs> yeah, and it's super eye-opening. I mean, we all don't even realize it, but when we're when you're back in like your hometown, you're in such a bubble. Mm-hmm. Like that's what the I've been most appreciative about about UConn is that it's just opened my horizon and I I yeah. couldn't be more thankful for it. Yeah, and I think it's cool because, you know, I thought going from Connecticut where I grew up to another place in Connecticut, there wasn't going to be much of a difference, but it was totally the opposite. It's like the most diverse place I've ever been in my entire life. (laughs) Where in Connecticut are you from? 
I'm from Wethersfield, so it's a small town, like kind of right outside of Hartford. Yeah. Um, I actually have a friend I just met who's from Wethersfield too. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> um, so as a mentor, how do you help out-of-state or international students feel supported at UConn? I know this semester is like crazy different and those who are off campus might be feeling the the drain. How can, How are you helping them? Yeah, so usually, um, you know, in a typical semester, I really encourage people to just get involved on campus. I think that was my, um, the greatest thing that happened to me being here at UConn to make me feel included and supported was just joining things on campus and finding that community. But especially during this time right now where everything's virtual, it can be so hard just to feel like you have a space here. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've been telling a lot of students, whether they're across the world or, um, you know, in Maine or even close by, um, to get connected with the students as much as possible. So for me, something I love to promote um, to a lot of the students that I come to is just to like join group me's. And that sounds like so funny, like, cause obviously group me isn't everybody's favorite, but honestly, like sending out a link in a, like for a group me into like a lecture or a zoom chat, like and having people join and just like talking about like the highs and lows of class or like what you think of a professor and how are you studying for this? It can make you feel so included and make you feel like you have a group of people that you can like have support from. I know I joined so many group meetings like for my classes, even though like I'm a senior and I have a support system, it's different to have people from your class, especially I can assume as a first year student, um, when you don't know what you're doing, you don't know what classes are supposed to be like just to be able to connect with those other students. Um, so I really love that aspect. And I love like the study groups um, on Nexus. I think it's really great to connect with students and classes that you're taking. Yeah. So I think that's one of my go-to right now with everything being virtual. Yeah, I'm in this giant group me and we were just like, as much as it's like, oh, I wish I could just like mute it. But and, and like with the election recently, everyone's been popping off in it. And so oh, for sure. it's for definitely, sure. but it definitely, I can see from an out-of-state student's perspective, how just that is so welcoming to uh, yes, for, for sure. campus life and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I know I mentioned a little bit in my intro about first, but to you, what does it mean to be like first? That's such a good question because I feel like people don't think of that often, like being first. I feel like has negatives and positives in my experience. I am a first gen student. So that was a huge first for me. Like I was the first to go to college and my whole like extended family and my family that I live with. And so that was a huge first. And it was a positive and that everybody was celebrating like, wow, you're the first to get a degree. You're the first to go to college and first to go away. But then again, it was almost a little bit of a negative time for me because I was like, yes, I'm the first, but there's so much pressure on me. Like yeah. I'm expecting to do so great and to get this degree and, and to succeed in college and being the first is great, but it's also scary. And I think first, pretty much every time is scary. I don't think I can think of a first that's like always pure excitement. So I think to me, being first at something always brings some kind of nerves. And I feel that all the time when I do first at my first mentor meeting, my first time living in a dorm, my first time meeting my roommate, you know, those are all nerve wracking, but exciting times. So I definitely think being first is great, but it's definitely something that's nerve wracking, which can also kind of be a negative. So yeah, for sure. First are scary. And especially it takes a lot of bravery and a lot of courage to just like dive head first. I know I've definitely been working on that and just trying to be like, forget the nerves, but also welcome them because that's just, like you said, it's just part about doing something for the first time. So let's talk about your first and just your years at UConn. So obviously this year looks completely different than your first year, but what's something that's kind of stayed the same? So uh, it's it's kind of hard to think of the same when everything's so different, but I think... (laughs) 
something something that stayed the same, I think is just my community here. I think if anything, it's the same, but just almost even better. I think with so many negatives, you know, family members or yourself being sick or just COVID and like the spread and all that, all those negatives, I think the same thing that's been here at UConn is just the feeling of community. I feel like really professors, um, students, workers, staff, we've all kind of band together and created an even stronger community than we had before, which is like so amazing. I think that um, just even like the support from my friends that I've had since fresh, freshman year, the the other coaches that I've been working with in the Academic Achievement Center for the past couple of semesters, our community has stayed the same no matter you know the situations we're in. We have people um, at home taking classes at home. We have people across the world. We have people you know living on campus. And even though we're all in different spots and different places, our community has stayed the same, which I'm super grateful for because I don't know if I can make it through such a tough semester without that support of my community. And people have just been so understanding, which is so amazing. Um, just in general, I think we should keep that understanding going on past like our like pandemic and everything that's going on. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, you can focus on so many bad things that have come out of this pandemic, but there are so many silver linings because, I mean, as just human beings, we're so adaptable to our situations. And I think so many great things have come out of being in this pandemic. And I hopefully they, like you said, hopefully they do carry out to yeah, years, for, for sure. years to come. I um, think they're some of the most adaptable students ever i think that our ability is showing so much and i think that's amazing just to be adaptable students yeah and uconn definitely prides itself on that i remember um last week we i was talking to president katsuleas and he was like the amount of effort we put into reopening like there was no way we were not going to and i think he's been really proud of how we've handled the whole situation which is good to hear especially from him being such a prominent (laughs) a prominent figure at uconn Um, So what are some things that you learned in your first year at UConn that helped you mentor other students in their first years? Mm -hmm. So coming on to campus my freshman year, I was definitely excited, but I also found a bunch of discouraging times like coming at me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm, I'm a science major, so I was taking all these different labs and trying to keep up with everything. And, you know, I couldn't just do what I did in high school. And I, I learned that the hard way, you know, failing an exam or, not understanding material, not knowing what to do. And I think the biggest thing I learned is that you have to have a growth mindset. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of the book mindset, but I think it's a great book um, if you ever want to read it, but it talks about fixed mindset and growth mindset. And, you know, having a fixed mindset means that you're afraid to tell yourself because you're afraid that you're not going to succeed. And that was what I was stuck in freshman year for sure. It was like, I, if I take this exam, I'm probably going to fail because I'm so confused and I'm not going to push myself to try and learn anything else because I'm just, I'm just so discouraged. And I think that a lot of people are in that fixed mindset coming into such a new situation. They're like, I don't want to challenge myself because what if I don't succeed and I, and I fail. But I think the biggest thing that I've learned and that I try to instill in my mentees is to have that growth mindset, learn about success by failing. And I think that's so important because everybody is so afraid to fail. You can learn so much more about yourself as a person by failing. Like it's so, it's scary. Obviously nobody wants to fail, but sometimes you learn so much more through the process and you grow personally by failing and by having that growth mindset of, you know, I'm going to try this. And the worst that can happen is that I fail and then I learn and then I can be successful next time. So I think 
my biggest change from freshman year to now. And what I see in my mentees when I work with them is that transition from having that fixed mindset to having that growth mindset. And I think that's so important. Yeah, that's such a great piece of advice, especially because a lot of students coming here are like top of their class in their high schools and are used to being and not used to being the best and not failing. And then all of these students are now in the top of their class and they fall somewhere in the middle. And it's it's mm-hmm. definitely difficult. I've, it's difficult for some of them, especially some of my friends. And yeah. your your advice is definitely the <laughs> one that people should take. And I think that's why we started this. That was one of the reasons why we started this podcast is to show other people's failures and show that that wasn't the end for them and that they've just kept growing, like you said, and kept pushing forward. And that's something so important. Um, So now in this new year and like next year, especially for you being a senior and you're stepping out into the world and experiencing new first, like first job, maybe first time in grad school, what are your plans for next semester? And what are you going to miss the most about UConn? Oh gosh. <laughs> I know that's a, that's a big one. Take a second. If you need, yeah. if you need a second, I really unloaded that on. So this past month has just been insane for me um, as a student because I've been applying to grad school. So my plan, fingers crossed, of course, is to go to um, grad school to be a physical therapist. So a DPT program. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just finished my applications literally last week. Um, and one of my huge, huge firsts, Um, was this past Friday, actually, I had my first grad school interview. And when I say I was so scared, oh my goodness, it was so scary. But like we said before, first can be great and first can be nerve wracking. And that was a first for me that I did not know how to handle. I don't know anybody in my family who's gone to grad school. I don't know. Obviously, none of my friends who are seniors have done any of this yet. Like they're on the same page as me. So that was a very scary first. And, um, Thankfully, it went well, but so hopefully if I get accepted to any of these programs, I'll start in May. So continue being a student right yeah. <laughs> right through, um, for another three and a half years after that. So next semester, hopefully if I get in, will kind of be a little bit easier for me. Just like knowing that feeling of like being accepted and like that I have my direction already started. Um, so hopefully that's where I'm going next semester. And in the next coming years is just going back to school. (laughs) I'm sure you will, especially just with your attitude about everything. (laughs) Good things tend to come to people who have that mindset. So I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. And that's super exciting. And like you said, nerve wracking. You obviously have such a strong background in leadership and you started your college leadership journey as a first year mentor your sophomore year. What experience or experiences did you have during your first year, which motivated you to become a mentor yourself? Yeah. So, uh, I kind of already talked about part of the reason, but like I said, like I was lost on campus mm-hmm. my first year, I was taking chem and I was taking bio and I was taking psych and I was just like, what is happening? Like I am using my same techniques. Like I've always been a great student, like, and now I'm getting C's in my chemistry class and I'm, you know, struggling to keep up. Like I like, what's wrong with me? I was like, Oh my God, like this is not normal. And the way that I learned to be okay with this and to cope with being on campus for the first time and, you know, not having the success that I'm used to is through my first year experience mentor. Um, her name is Abby. And I absolutely loved her. And we had such a great like first connection that on during our one-on-one meetings, like we just talked and talked and talked and she was so comforting and like, just like telling me, like, I see myself in you and I know where you were and I know what you're feeling and like, it can be hard. And 
my um, first year class was all allied health students. So it was um, just a cohort of my major. So just like being able to talk to those students and then get so close with my mentor, I realized like, wow, like I want to be Abby. I want to do what she's doing. And, you know, she talked to me and she was like, I think you should go for it. I think you should apply. And so it was really that push that got me to apply to be a first year experience mentor. And from there, I ended up working with my advisor, who is the professor for the class. So it was just an overall, like, amazing first experience being a mentor. And from there, I kind of just grew into my passion for mentoring, my passion for teaching. Um, It was definitely through my mentor that I learned I wanted to be a mentor. So I think mentors are great, not only for academic support, but just for things like that. Yeah, shout out Abby, too. Like, she seems like that she set you on this path and i mean i'm you seem you seem like a great mentor i i personally have that experience with you but just talking to you now um uh so besides from grades and stuff where you had like messed up or you had a problem that you still like think about today and you're like oh god like i wish i could go back and change that but instead of changing it what did you learn from that experience yeah so obviously besides like grades all that stuff i will never forget my first time being a mentor um within the ac i was a connects mentor um And I was working with five different students at the time. And, you know, it was hard to juggle working with five different students and remembering each of their stories and each of their details. And I was working with this one student who's giving me such a hard time. I was a first like time mentor in this capacity of like seeing them every week and like guaranteeing their success and trying to get them off probation. And I just couldn't reach him. And I did not know what to do. And I saw this as you know, a huge failure. Like I'm supposed to be here for him and I'm supposed to be like guaranteeing him success and he's failing and he's still not doing well. And I just did not know what to do. And I looked at it and I was like, I'm a horrible mentor. Like, this is it. Like, I can't be a mentor again. Like I'm obviously not good enough. Obviously that wasn't true. And I look back on that experience now and I wish I could have made it more positive for myself and believed in myself more. I think you know, this is something that my boss, Leo, um, always says, like, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink. And I think that was the major problem there. I was doing everything I could for this mentee. And he just wasn't giving me the full 100% effort that I was trying to give him. And it's a two way street mentoring. It's not all about the mentor giving advice to the mentee, like you learn a lot from your mentee also, and they really have to want to succeed for this to work. And I think I didn't know that in the time I was just expecting me to give them all these tips and you know, academic, um, successories and tell them, you know, you need to do this. And then I, them to get a 100 or to get an A or off academic probation. So I think that was a negative experience for me, just being so stressed out about me not being able to do enough and looking back on it. I know that's completely not true. And I think it was a positive learning experience for me because going on, obviously I've mentored two whole semesters after that. That's taught me, that's taught me a lot on how to be a great mentor and how to, you know, incite confidence in my mentees and not just expect them to want to do what I'm telling them to do. So I think that was my first time mentoring and my first time being a part of the program and my first time feeling like a failure as a mentor. Um, But it ended up being a great learning experience overall for me, I think. Yeah, and a lot of people I feel think are defined by their failures and defined by their mm-hmm. mistakes, but it only takes like a different point of view and a different outlook to just like flip that thought on its head and say, no, yeah. this is actually a good thing. I actually learned a lot from this. Yeah, exactly. So now you are a master coach in the Academic Achievement Center. Yeah. So I think you have like this leadership thing down. Um, mm-hmm. In your opinion, what kind of skills does it take to become a leader, but also to continue growing as a leader? I think there's so many important aspects to being a leader. I don't think it's ever just one solid thing. Like you can be like 
know the most knowledge you can know about a topic and still not be a great leader if you don't have other qualities. So I think one great aspect of being a leader is just to have empathy. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people forget about that when they're being a leader and being in that situation. I think for me, one of the things I think that makes me a great leader is just being empathetic and understanding. Being a leader is a great privilege. And I think that a lot of people take that privilege and um, I wouldn't say manipulate it, but take it overboard. And I think that they feel like they have this power over people. And yes, you do have power, but you also have to understand that at the end of the day, you're both humans, you're both equal. As some of the mentors that I work with are my age or older. And so, you know, I really have to use my empathy and be able to put myself in their shoes and think about, okay, if I was in their shoes, like, what would I want to hear? How would I want somebody to treat me as a leader? So I think empathy is a big one. I think having great communication skills is a good one. Um, I don't think you can get anywhere with great commu- without great communication. Yeah. And you really can't get anywhere in life without being a good communicator and just being able to get things out of people um, in a way that's comfortable for them and in a way that you're being vulnerable as much as they're being vulnerable. Um, so I think those are two really great qualities. But I think also to grow as a leader, you need to be able to take criticism, which I think is hard for some people being in a position for so long. I've been mentoring for four semesters or two years now. And there are still things that I learn from everybody that I would have never thought of. Um, I, as a master coach, I facilitate a group um, of mentors who work with their own mentees. And sometimes they say like concepts and ideas that, you know, I would have never thought of, or like they will even critique like, well, Destiny, you should try this with your mentor, your mentee. And I'm like, wow, like I totally, that that blew my mind. Like, and to this day, like you, you have to be able to accept criticism and new ideas and new perspectives. So I think how I'm able to keep growing as a leader is just to be able to take other people's perspectives with, um, you know, respect. And I think that's also super important just to be a great leader also. Yeah, I was just thinking that too. If you have all those qualities, you're bound to have respect from the people you are leading and then you have respect for them. And if you don't treat them like that, they're obviously going to, I don't know. Yeah, they're going to be talk about you behind your back and just like not be cooperative with you. So I think that is great advice again. Um, So, and you work in a place called the Academic Achievement Center, right? But um, do, do you think it's important to like normalize failure in that sort of, Uh, situation and even though that's all about success and winning there that it's okay to make mistakes yeah I think in the act so I think a misconception actually of the academic achievement center is that it's only for people who are struggling academically Mm -hmm. and we try to promote that that's not the case Um, we have students that come in that are really successful in school but are failing this one class that they just can't seem to get over. And we also have people that are, you know, on academic probation and are really struggling overall. And so we have this like spectrum of people who are, you know, doing a really great job, but still need help or might be, you know, struggling and not doing as great of a job and still need the same level of help. So I think that even though we promote success, we also promote failing in a way. Like we tell people like, it is okay to fail. Like that is like our mantra, like it is okay to do bad on something. And it's not about that success or the outcome. It's about how you handle that outcome after. And I think that the reason most people come to us is because they failed. So they're coming, you know, I failed this exam, like, please teach me how to do better. And I think that's what we, what we like to focus on is the process of learning and not so much what happens at the end. I think working with my mentee, I've had the same mentee for three semesters now. That's We're very close. Yeah, we're very close. And I love working with her. And, you know, even though we've been working for three semesters, she still fails at things and that's perfectly okay. And I think the best part of our relationship 
is working through the out, you know, the process of growing and just seeing her from when I first started working with her till now, like she's had success and failure, but her growth as a person, her growth as a student has been like exponential. You know what I mean? So I think it's a lot less about failure and success and a lot more about the process of, you know, being in between those two things. Mm -hmm. So I think that's more what the academic achievement center is about. I know we have achievement in our name, right. uh, but you know, that's the end goal. That's yeah. what we want. Of course. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's good yeah. advertising. Yeah. yeah. And so, that's, uh-huh. And it's a good reflection on you that you have had success with your mentees and stuff. Yeah. And I think that you're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great feeling to like see your mentee succeed. I, it like, she came off of academic probation last semester. It was literally like the happiest thing that I ever could have experienced. I was like, it was like I was coming off of probation. It wasn't even me, but it was just like such a joint success for us. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Um, so moving to our closing out questions. I mean, this has been a great conversation with you. And I definitely have, there's so much that I have learned from you. Um, so as a first year student at UConn, what's one piece of advice you could give, not just to me, but to other first years about college and how to adjust? So I know I talked a lot about not being, I mean, having a growth mindset, but I think the biggest thing is just not being afraid to put yourself out there. And I know coming into college, it's so scary to put yourself out there, whether it be reaching out to friends, professors, clubs, communities, it's so scary. But I think that until you let yourself, um, you know, be, be free of that fear, you're never going to be able to grow as a person. And so, you know, I always like to share this story, um, coming into my first day at UConn ever, you know, my, my parents dropped me off. They had just left the the building. You know, they said to me, like, knock on people's doors and just go and say hi. I was like, mom, like, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. That's so weird. Like, I'm not going to do that. And I was walking back to my room and I was like, you know what, actually, like, I'm just going to do it. And I knocked on my door and we are friends to this day, senior year. And I think, you know, that's a great example of like, if I hadn't put myself out there, who knows where I would have been with my community and my friends and my social circle. So I think the biggest piece of advice I have for students coming in, I know it's totally different um, this semester because we're mostly virtual, but even for freshmen who are on campus this year, like don't be afraid to put yourself out there and get past that fear of, again, of failing, of not succeeding, of being embarrassed, like go for it. And I know that's so hard to actually follow, but I think that's the best piece of advice that I have is to just really let yourself go and do what you're afraid to do. Yeah. And that's how I ended up here. I mean, I wasn't even a student yet and I got an email. I was like, Hey, might as well respond to it. And now I'm having this great conversation with you. So that is definitely a great piece of advice. And so final question, now is the time where we kind of turn the conversation around and you can ask me a question of your choice. Yes. Okay. So uh, I'm trying to think of a good one. Um, so obviously you, I don't know if you lead this podcast or if this is your podcast, but what got you into doing podcasts? Cause you seem like you are great at it <laughs> and you, like, you have such a calming voice and like a great presenting voice. So like, what did you do this before college? Like, how did you get into this whole? Yeah, no, so, <laughs> no, yeah. Um, never. So never before college was I in a podcast. I was in, I was in theater all throughout high school. So I loved performing and loved talking to people and I'm I come from a family of friendly people who will stop and talk to literally anybody like as much as I do it and I hate that my parents do like we'll be in the airport in the line to go on an airplane my mom will just strike up a conversation with the person in front of me I'll be like mom stop yeah but um I mean I'm so that's like that's who I am now too and I wouldn't change that and also um 
I like took rhetoric in high school and I definitely wanted to work on like presenting and giving speeches and being succinct and stuff. And so when the email rolled around in my inbox about, hey, we're starting this podcast called My First Year Story. Uh, if you're interested, come to this information session. I was like, hey, if I can't do any performing in college, maybe this is like the yes, same the same experience and the same feeling. And I really think it has been. And it's A, has, like you said, has gotten me involved. I've met so many different people, whether they're on the writing team or the promotion team or working with me on production. It's been so, so cool. And like, I don't know, it's been such a great experience. And I'm so happy that things ended up the way they were. I mean, I sent my audition in with hopes of getting this position as host. And I mean, yeah, and it's just been, it's just been such a great thing and I wouldn't have changed it or asked for anything else. So I'm super f- thankful for that. So that's how I ended up in, in this, in this position. Oh, talking cool. to you today. Sounds awesome, like to have such a cool opportunity. I know, like who, what other freshman gets to say they're hosting a podcast? And I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, like I've said throughout the conversation, it's been so great talking to you and you have just such great insight, I think, because of your journey at UConn and it's definitely different from any other voice we've heard so far. To our listeners, that's all we have for you and uh, peace out Huskies. So yeah. <laughs> My First Year Story podcast is a production of the University of Connecticut's undergraduate student body in collaboration with the Office of First Year Programs, Learning Communities, the Academic Achievement Center, and the Learning Community Innovation Zone. Our co-producers are Casey Jaycox and Hannah Peterson. Our staff advisors are Cody Ryan and Helena DeBald. For more information on our podcast, to meet our entire staff, and to listen to more episodes, visit fyp.uconn.edu backslash mfys. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at UConnFYP.